connecting. Here's music for your Labor Day. love to change that old world and uh, that's what we try and do around here let's see if i can i already got a frog in my throat here this morning if i can find my deal and hit the cough button i'll do a little clearing of my throat before we get started and while i'm kind of looking for that amongst all this stuff i'll say good morning to you on labor day monday morning the 6th of september it just seems like yesterday was august and it's the 6th of september already uh, uh of course it's a national holiday and most people well they may still be in bed who knows but we were advised if you've not been jabbed don't travel so hopefully those of you that heed the cdc and walensky's warnings stayed at home because you haven't taken the evil jab uh roger sales here with you to talk about freedom and staying away from that jab and uh keeping yourself healthy and all all that stuff, having some longevity, spreading some freedom news to others and being adept at it yourself and all that kind of stuff. That's what we do here at the old radio ranch. And I'm happy to say freedom doesn't take a day off. And that's why we get on these holidays. And there's a lot of folks, I think, or should be anyway, folks that normally can't listen because they might have a if there's a few of you that still have a job left. <laughs> <laughs> you might ordinarily be working and on this day you're off so hopefully we'll have a few of those kind of people around and uh supposed to have a few guys with questions we're going to have a a good brisk first hour here and then uh, john and kathy are scheduled to join us uh in the second hour we're going to talk about uh one of the other pillars of freedom which is financial and uh so we'll get to that uh when the time comes so good morning here guys glad to see the board full and uh everybody doing all right this uh, labor day holiday monday mm-hmm. no, i don't want to answer jeff doing good really doing good Paget's we got we got some ladies on that's fantastic always love to have you ladies um let me kick off with i got an email i think saturday uh from jeff and of course one of our regulars and and one of the people that's out there doing things and he had a very interesting experience friday night that i thought he related to me in an email jeff why don't you share that because i think that was interesting and it may be something that may uh actually uh, turn into something so if you'll tell people and maybe folks can emulate what you're doing here because this is just a little I, I just went to get with these folks, and all this stuff happened. So, once you inform us what all went on there, Jeff, if you would please. Yeah, well, I've mentioned before that I started going to a Friday evening Patriot group, which had actually has been in existence for like fifteen years. I never heard of them. Anyway, so they got together. Uh, in a coordinated fashion with two or three other Patriot groups in the North Dallas, Fort Worth area. <clears throat> and uh, uh, used the very same venue that this meeting happens in <clears throat> and invited a, <laughs> I don't want to call it a traveling show, but uh, this one young man named Derek Bros and uh, three or four or five other 
speakers on different issues come in and do their uh, little presentation. It was very informal, very interesting. The reason I started going to this Friday evening meeting was to implant the idea that uh, there's one fundamental exemption to everything, and that's the affidavit. So I passed that information around the two documents, and, you know, I flapped my gums about it all. So anyway, <clears throat> that's why I was at the meetings to start with. But this last Friday evening, these four speakers were all activists. You know, it's all about <clears throat> passing along the same knowledge that we are all familiar with to people who possibly hadn't woken up 100%. And so my reason for attending that last Friday event was to pursue the same. Well, shoot, we just got, Jeff just got knocked off, it looks like. Can y'all still hear me? It looks like I'm still talking. Let's see if Jeff will be back in a minute. Jeff, you there? Is that you or? I don't see that. Yeah, yet. no, I think he popped off. Sometimes just he'll knock you off, and you have to go through some sort of a ruby uh, reboot routine, and then you can come back on. I don't know what causes that, but oh, you might be back. Yeah, my computer just went to rejoin. I don't know why. Okay. Anyway, so I talked to each of these and gave them the materials, and they all professed interest. Always and a so, good sign. Yeah, and so these this uh, group of people are on a. 12 city tour Ooh. well they're going uh yesterday i believe they were in arizona and in the next couple of days they'll be in la and moving their way up they're actually stopping in sebastopol where i'm from california ending up in seattle so uh, i, I hope about it i hope antifa and black lives matter don't get wind of them <laughs> 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 yeah, so I'm encouraged that they all took the, the information and listened to me patiently for as much time as I or we had to do that. And I also hand out more documents to uh, easily a dozen other people, uh, more than that. Oh, so there were 80 people in attendance. That's a pretty so good. That that's a pretty good group. Now, did you actually did these other folks in the traveling roadshow? Did they have a podium where they got up and spoke, or did they just stand up in the room and speak, or what was the format, Jeff? Oh well, this was at a place called the Circle Grill, and it was a restaurant, a very large one. Except their meeting room was <laughs> off to the side, but it accommodates a hundred plus people, mm -hmm. and so it was just. Uh, just a stand-up microphone, and then people at two long tables, uh, you know, ordering their meals and whatnot. And, uh, it was very informal. Well, that's good, man. It sounds like you might have hit. You never, you know, you never know who you're going to touch, and you never right. know who you touch who they know. See, all right. I mentioned it before. You know, the CIA has a thing called the three-click rule. Some, some of you may or may not have heard of that, and they've got a theory that you can get to anybody in the world in three clicks of a mouse. 
Anybody can. Well, that's, that's, that's twice as fast as the six degrees. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know how valid that is or true, but it does give an interesting concept. And it goes back to that. You never know who somebody knows. And uh, so when you plant these seeds with folks like that, especially that many in one spot, um, you, you just look like you never know. Maybe some of those folks from that meeting here on the board today. Um, well, I gave my proton mail email hoping to get a response from somebody haven't yet uh-huh well it's weekend they're traveling all that kind of stuff so you never know what uh, you know people's schedules are uh jammed and and all those kind of things so this is coconut keeps sticking in my throat here hold on <coughs> so okay get that out of the way um is there anybody that's got any questions or anything to uh, start out the week here? Always that. It's like one of my favorite things. I think somebody is about to belly up to the uh, microphone there. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I I do have questions later or another day, but I was going to let you all know some things I'm doing. Okay, great. Um, I know well, everybody I, wants to be in Paget's group. I get all the, I'm in Paget, Paget's group. I want to be in. Go ahead. Yeah, now that I'm back in California, I'll have an afternoon tea probably next week. But, okay, so um, I I decided that I needed to go after Zuckerberg because (laughs) um, the thing is, I am new to being a national. I just became an official national on August 23rd. I don't even have my card yet. Just wait till I get my card. I have so many cards. But... um, if I go after Zuckerberg and if he actually lets me out of jail, because they put me in jail like every two weeks. So I never get out, you know? And um, so if, if that changes, if he leaves me alone and lets me have freedom of speech, then that is something tangible that I can show people, you know, that like, look, this is different and this is why it's happening. I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on that, but go ahead. It's a nice, Well, what I mean is, what I mean is if, um, there's not much that I can do right now. I don't even have my little card, which I have great plans for that. But, um, you know, uh, I need something where I can go, look, this is like everyone in my life knows that I keep getting put in jail. If that were to change, that would show something significant. So what I did is I wrote him a letter. And when I, I send my letters through the judicial district, not through the District of Columbia, I use my stamp, my, my signature as the stamp. I don't use a stamp. And um, so I'm sending, sending it as living man, because that was the only way I knew to be a living man um, prior to being able to be called a national. And when I see that the letter arrived, then I sent him an email and I CC'd the Secretary of State. And uh, what's really funny is that address that I had for the Secretary of State was one that you can't use unless you have permission to use. So I'm hoping that on Zuckerberg's end, it looks like I used this email, like maybe I'm you know, maybe I have permission. I don't know. But but anyway, um, now I have another letter ready to go to him tomorrow. And I'm basically saying that my U.S. national attorney and I are, you know, would be very happy to like, you know, take him to court. Um, because if I'm in court, then not only could I bring in the affidavit that I'm a national and you can't treat me this way, but I get to challenge the health department. And um, I've been challenging them this whole 19 months, but I'm not in a court. Mm 
If I could be in the court and officially challenge them, then they have to answer. So, you know, it would be really cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm fine if, if it ends up going to a thing like court. But really, I don't care. I don't care about being in Facebook jail, you know, whatever. But um, but that's just something that I'm going after. So all of these letters that I have ready to go tomorrow are to, like, the Attorney General of California, the Secretary of State of California, my local sheriff, my local police officer, and Zuckerberg's next letter. And um, also, um, Holly Mitchell, I think is her name. She is my L.A. supervisor. And um, what I'm going to do is send her her letter. And then when I see that it's arrived, I'm going to email all of the L.A. supervisors because I'm going to email her and CC all the other ones. And basically what I'm saying to them is if you are going to implement you know, what's the certificate of vaccination identification thing to be able to get into gas stations and restaurants and everything around here, then you need to have a machine that can read the passport card because I don't want to have to call a cop every single time I want to go into a store and have them use their machine in their car to read my card so that I can get into the store. If I can get into stores and they already have them around here in Hollywood and whatnot, where people are saying, no, you've got to have proof of vax or we're not letting you in. Um, as soon as I get my card, I'm going in those places. I'm not going to spend any money, but I want to just film that you can get into them. And um, anyway, I, and I have I have like a whole bunch of plans. But well, anyway, so that's, here's, a, here's that's, a question for you. Why don't you take your affidavit and apply for a vaccine passport? No, I don't want to get a vaccine passport. My thing is, is I want to prove to people that you can get in without a vaccine passport. Okay. All right. Well, then yeah. let me ask you another question. I can understand that. Uh -huh. I just, I'm, I'm anxious for somebody to try that and see if the affidavit bypasses the uh, the passport rule. We will know, you know, as we don't know a lot of these real technical fine point issues until somebody presses the envelope. Um, right. Well, as soon as I get my card, I'm uh, going to that, that one restaurant in Hollywood that I know about. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and get in there. Okay. Good deal. Uh, and have you put uh, all of the people there in California on notice that your affidavit is with the Secretary of State yet? That's what I have ready to go tomorrow. Okay. I'm sending them copies of my affidavit and mm -hmm. the um, the notary. I'm also sending that to Zuckerberg this time. Okay. And I'm also letting Zuckerberg know that everyone in California and the Secretary of State know that I'm a national. Okay. And I said to him, and you're in California. Don't, don't, I'm in California. I don't know that the Secretary – we found this out the hard way, once again, with people pressing the envelope page. And you'd think because we send it to the Secretary of State of the U.S. to get our freedom that we would also go back and send it to the Secretary of State of the state. And what we found is that's not correct. Uh, the states are now political subdivisions of the federal government, and the Secretary of State's main function from what of the state that I can ascertain is to okay corporations and issue business licenses and having to do with state business. And probably, uh, uh, you know, the coordination with the revenue people of collection of said taxes, etc. How we found out about this, we've got a very good uh, uh, female who's over in Connecticut. She used to live out there where you do. And um, she's just hell-bent for leather to get this thing everybody put on notice, which her and her husband have done. And she kept sending it to the Secretary of State of Connecticut. 
And he'd send write a letter back. So we don't have an account for you. Would you like to open an account? Da 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 da. And so we got here on the forum with all these wonderful minds that gather here. And that's one of the beauties of what we do here is we can discuss these things and come up with some answers that we didn't have before. You know, because these are situations that had not presented themselves previously. So what we came up with was. Well, who's the guy that's in charge of the law of the state? Well, he's the attorney general of the state. So what you do is you put him on notice. And at the top of the letter, you put notice to the principal is notice to the agent. Notice to the agent is notice to the principal. This is, you know, at laws of agency like insurance agents, real estate agents have to follow judiciously, by the way. And so now you put them on notice and you just write him a very simple little letter. Mr. Attorney General, please find the enclosed. And I would use these exact words, citizenship evidence maybe even put it in quotes or underline yeah, I have. okay i did do that okay. i have them. okay and and please adjust uh please find the enclosed citizenship evidence on file with the secretary of the state of the united states of america please adjust your records and actions accordingly sign yeah. it that's all you need and copy your local sheriff your local da especially if chief of police if you've got one and it might not hurt there in your area since you're already kind of doing battle with them to copy the uh uh the people on the county commission or whoever it is that bunch you were talking about um, corner. And, and the coroner may not be a battle he's above the sheriff that's a good good suggestion jeff and uh now now they've been put on notice okay and so well, that's a that may be a, an approach and i'm glad you're already in process this for everybody else especially for the new people what we're doing is weaponizing your new your new freedom because now we've got access to the common law and we can use due process too and we can use common law due process and put them on notice that if they cross the boundary between their merchant law and our common law they've lost their cloak of immunity and it may be some bad things in in store for them so anyway uh, pageant i thought because of the tax affiliation and i also because i looked up the job description of the california secretary of state and there was there was one other thing that i thought made it okay to try and just send it to them and see what happens well i'm not saying don't copy them on it okay but i think the main guy we want to concentrate on is the one that's in charge of the laws of the state and that's the attorney general yeah. Well, when I send the email to the attorney general, after I see that my physical letter has arrived, I can CC other other people on his. Yeah, you can if you want to do it by email. I don't know how much they pay attention to email as much as they just, do to like certified letters or whatever. But yeah, anyway. I do both. Okay. Great. I do both. Well, but I have a question. Does anyone okay. have a really good uh, email address for the Secretary of State of the United States of America? Nope. Okay. Um, I, I'll tell you what we I, so we were told by a representative, this is 25, 28 years ago in Georgia, when we used to think there's a political solution to this stuff. And uh, talking to one of the reps, and it's just back in the days when everybody was using fax machines. Email was relatively new. And they said, uh, they said listen, when we get a fax or an email, we don't pay any attention to it. And said, what we really pay attention to is a handwritten postcard. Because we know when somebody takes the time to handwrite a postcard, there's at least 20 to 25 other people in the district that feel the same way. So just throwing that out there. Okay. Yeah, well, I hope that my letters arriving to them with my signature instead of a stamp gets their attention. Because be. I've also written their address and my address as a private 
not as a public like mm-hmm. president. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that that gets their attention. Okay. Well, we'll see as we go forward, and I know you'll keep us informed and in the loop. And uh, you, you've got a very, very uh, uh, politely aggressive attitude, and I think that's good, forceful, if you will. And uh, we start getting a whole bunch of people with this kind of knowledge, and you got that paper filed, and you got this kind of attitude right there. These people got big problems. I think they got big problems anyway. It, it's looking like they've already lost to me. Has been for a little while the way that it, truth's coming out and some of the things that are being exposed. So, hey, Roger. Uh, yes, who's that? This is Cody. Hey, Cody. Uh, hey, I just wanted to make an interesting point. Uh, Matt Bracken on his talk, you can see it on YouTube with the uh, oh this. Argentinian guy that lives in Spain. I forget his name for uh, whatever. Anyway, but it's the modern, the modern survivalist is the name of the channel. They have a good talk on Saturdays or Sundays. And he said, uh, you know, somebody was kind of, uh, you know, bad mouth in Spain. And he said, hold on a second. He said, actually they, they can't force jab you at your job. And, uh, none of these vaccine passports to get into restaurants. So, hmm. You know, when you guys are talking to different representatives, you might remind them that apparently Spain is even being less totalitarian than the United States. That's pretty interesting. I think the Rothschilds have kind of controlled Spain for a long time. It's interesting they got those freedoms over there. Still, um, maybe maybe they don't need to have them and need to enforce it so the people in Spain will get up and, and start getting agitated like they are in England and the rest of Europe at this point. Um Okay, good deal. Um, let's see. J.D., did you join us yet? You were going to come on and ask some questions here this morning. No, haven't joined us yet. Anybody else got some questions they'd like to ask here this morning? Uh, hey, Roger. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, hold on. Lady, I'm going to do let No, ladies first. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, I had a couple of questions, um, which is basically arose from, you know, in California... <laughs> They're recalling Newsom, and there a lot of people are like pro elder. I personally don't have a good feeling about elder. Um, somebody said that you know, although he is not going to push state mandates and anything like that, but he's going to. If private businesses want to mandate, uh, he was not going. He's going to leave that up to them. So my question is, technically, legally, and lawfully, can the federal government or the state, because I thought that they didn't have any authority to do any mandates, um, and I'm wondering, okay, what, what, I just want to get your feedback on that, and the second part of the question is, like, how are they getting all of our um, private businesses and our, you know, our educational facilities and our, all the other, like, how are they getting them to comply? Because I don't think that any of them would comply on their own. Well, they're doing it because they're forcing them to, and they've got all these these different ways of co- coercing people, and you never know the people that own the business what their mindset is. They may be just, you know, dyed-in-the-wool sheeple. On your question about how can they mandate it, well, they can mandate it because you're a citizen or resident, and at that point, they can really do whatever they want to you, okay? And that's why this whole thing we're doing is so important, uh, Manju, is because it takes you out of that. Now, here's the thing for if you're going to get taken out of that category of people that they can do that to 
okay, then you've got to be able to stand up and defend your position and tell them why they can't do it to you. And I don't know if we mentioned this to you, but there's a great quote. I'm paraphrasing here totally from a, a great appellate level judge uh, in the federal system named Judge Learned hand and i'm not kidding you that really was his name learned or learned however you want to pronounce it hand and in one of his decisions he basically said if you one needs to wants to defend one's rights or claim one's rights one needs to be a belligerent claimant now that doesn't mean getting up in the face and hitting them with a baseball bat okay although it could but uh, that means physically belligerent. But being able to stand your ground and say, you can't do this to me because you don't have the authority to, look here, okay? And no matter what they say, you continue to stand because that's your position and it's solid and theirs isn't, okay? And the minute mm-hmm. you acquiesce, then it's considered to be voluntary. I'll give you, a, you ever heard of the Magna Carta, Manju? I've heard of it, but I have no idea. Okay, well, this happened in 1215, all right, in England, on a place called Runnymede, R-U-N-N-Y-M-E-A-D-E, I believe is the way it's spelled. And did you ever see the Mel Gibson movie Braveheart? Yes. It was that king, Longshanks, okay, King James. And the nobles were tired of his C-R-A-P, and they got him out in this field on Runnymede, And they said, you're either going to sign this document or we're going to cut your head off. Well, he signed the document. And that was considered that he signed it voluntarily. Okay? So you've got to be not volunteering into their deal, and you've got to be able to stand there. That's why I so much preach to learn the information. The more you learn the information and the basics here, the stronger you are because that's where your empowerment comes from. That's why you're able to do that and stand in that position and defend your positions because you understand the basics, okay? And anything they say, Adam, you've got something to say back to them that's that's concrete. And uh, that's what you do, okay? They can't... Continue to push. If you're not one of those two people, a resident or a citizen of the United States, they can't mandate that stuff to you. If you are, they can. Let me give you one more example. I want to entertain your response. Is that happened in England? It wasn't in our country, but it's a couple of weeks ago. Mom had a child. They go in and start to do the PCR test where they stick that long swab up the child's nose. And the mom objects and says, because the child, because it hurts, you know, you can especially imagine what it's like for a baby. Okay. And so the mom objects and the hospital worker says, you can't object. This baby's our property. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, there's a perfect example. So what were you going to uh, ask me? So when, you know, like for me, for instance, I'm, I'm still fairly new and Let's say I go up against them, and um, what if I don't know how to respond? Let's say, uh, well, then, what, you know, would I, what would I do at that point? I would say that you don't file the paperwork and get into that position until you're comfortable with your knowledge level. Now, fortunately, we've got it to a point where it's fairly easily understandable as compared to how it was 20, 20 years ago or more, okay? It was really difficult back then because we were approaching it from a total different way, and I didn't understand it the way it was set up where you can simply explain it to people. But all you have to do, really, this is all you have to know. <laughs> I'm not that person. 
Now that now you get into what's the legal background of the word person, and that goes back to that formula R plus D equals R. Where do you get your rights, and to whom do you owe your duties, and who who's coughing with their mic open? Please, I'd appreciate it if you shut that down. And so if I'm not that person. I don't receive rights from the Fourteenth Amendment. Therefore, I owe no correlative duties. Bam, overcome that. Okay, so it's not that it's that difficult. It's just that you have to have a command of it. And that's why I encourage people to work with this stuff in your mind and to learn these basics. You'll notice when we get into a discussion, like with you last week, when you were new and we had two or three days with you, did you notice that nobody on the board left here? Okay, and a lot of these people now. Lisa here is has been with been listening to my shows for almost eleven years. Okay, she's heard that wow. stuff over and over and over again. And Lisa and the other people stay and listen to it again, even though they've heard it. How many times? Why? Because they always are finding something new, and I maintain that you cannot hear that basic information. You can't hear it enough times. And the reason for that is this. You're growing every day in this information. Would you agree with that? You're understanding it a little more, and you're a little deeper into it, and you're a little more confident by the day. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So when you hear something, even though you might have heard it last week and it didn't register with you or you just noticed some part of it, now you've grown and you hear it again, you see different wrinkles on it that you didn't see last week because you've grown into the information. Now, that is the personal empowerment process that we go through. Okay? And, and it just takes time. It's not going to happen overnight. It's kind of gradual. But fortunately for us, we can go, well, I'm, you know, we go to the end game now and go, well, they, are, they made us all Jim Crow. They tricked us into volunteering into Jim Crow. You know, what were the Jim Crow laws? That were the white and black bathrooms and drinking fountains and all that stuff. Well, the reason they don't have the black and the white one anymore is because we're all Jim Crow. Okay. Oh, we're so, all Jim Crow. Well, yeah, they got you to volunteer into the Jim Crow position. Yeah, I'm a citizen of the United States. Yeah, I'm a resident. That's Jim Crow. So that's how they abolished the separated, separated. Well, what they did, what they how they abolished it was they made everybody both. Okay. They took that case, Plessy versus Ferguson, where it said separate but equal, and in 1954, with Brown versus Board of Education, they came out and made everybody the same, okay? That's why in that State Department document, it says all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. There's a dual, a duality, a dual political uh, uh, position there, and that's why they only ask you one side of the question. They've never asked you if you're a U.S. national, have they? Never. There's nobody they've ever asked it, okay? Because they always want to isolate you over on the Jim Crow side, okay? And so that's that's just these are some of the things that honestly, I mean, we've only seen that in the last couple of years. I had no idea that. I thought it was an either or, okay? Now the one thing that's kind of important on, about that Brown v. Board and that decision was when I when I first started putting that together and doing the research on it and going back, I'm thinking, 54, 54, 54, 54. There's something about 1954, and then it hit me. That's the internal revenue code that we're under today. And they went back after Brown versus Board, where they made everybody the same. They waited 60 days 
and they put the Internal Revenue Code of 1954 in place, and we're under it ever since. So that was the end game, to get everybody in that dual position, get you tricked where you're answering it to one side and you're obligated, and then they slip the Internal Revenue Code in in 60 days, two months later. Okay. And why did they wait for 60 days? What's well, I don't I probably probably just <laughs> so it didn't get too close. They couldn't put it in in 30 days or 2 weeks, it'd be too obvious. But they couldn't wait any longer than 60 days. They were chomping at the bit. They'd been waiting 100 years already. Now, this is why the whole thing was started, was to get you obligated and get that tax code in place, because now they can regulate the, the currency value. If they don't have the taxing code in place where they can suck the currency out, they can't regulate the value of it as easily. So putting the Internal Revenue Code in place was the final shellacking of the cake to give them the complete system control. In other words, all, all currency is loaned into circulation at the front. It's always loaned in. It's always loaned in with collateral and compound interest. If you don't have a mechanism at the back to suck it out, they can't really regulate the value of it in the middle. Mind you, this is how I've always looked at it. Are you familiar with a, with a, a boiler? If I said a boiler, you know, a big boiler, and you got water, say it's a steam generator boiler, okay? And you got water that they put in at one end, and they heat it up in the middle in the boiler, and on the back end, the steam comes out, okay? And so the middle of it is the monetary system. The front end of it where they put the water is you borrowing currency into existence, and the steam that comes off can be regulated on how much steam they want out by how much they tax you, and they tax that out of circulation. Okay, And if they tax a bunch out of circulation, then a lot of people need currency, and they go and take more loans out. See? Yes, Paget. No, it was Lisa. Oh, Lisa, I'm sorry. Hey, sweetie. How do they put coins into circulation? Coins they are, are not borrowed. They're, they're not borrowed. They're spent into circulation. That's the real big difference. Coinage is spent into circulation. Currency is borrowed into circulation. So how is it spent into circulation? I'm Does not the government sure. spend it first, or I, do not, they just give it to I, banks to I, put out as change? I honestly don't know, you know. I just know that it is spent in the circulation because it isn't interest bearing. I believe they, they do. do to all the money. Um, well, that used to do. That's why they assassinated Lincoln. Okay, that we could run the money system very easily with the federal government being the issuer at no interest, and the only trick of that it's a closed system. It's what Lincoln tried to do with the greenbacks. And there's one caveat in there. You've got to tax out what you spend in to circulation. In other words, they might do public works and improve the infrastructure, and you're going to pay all the laborers, and that's how they spend it into circulation. But you've got to tax out what you spend in so that there's no excess for speculation. And as long as you tax out what you spend in, you've got equilibrium in the value and the amount in the system, and it runs just fine. 
But what happens is, of course, people get corrupt. They put more in. They don't tax it out, whatever. It gets cattywampus. But that's exactly what the greenbacks were. And that system would work if it was meticulously set up and maintained along strict lines. You don't need to have anything of value. All currency is is, is a medium of exchange. It's got to be agreed on by both parties, you know, in a, in a transaction. So there's a whole lot in this in this monetary currency field, and there's a lot to learn there, and you go specialize in that because there's enough information there that you could spend many years studying it and learning it. Hello. Roger. Yeah. This is Gary. People understand that all currency is nothing but a valuation of your labor. That's all it is. And it doesn't matter if it's gold, silver, dollar bills it doesn't matter it's your labor and it's to make it easier to conduct trade instead of barter yeah well you know your labor the federal reserve note has a promise to pay it says uh, uh good for all uh, debts private and public and private right and then it uh it, it says uh pr- that we guarantee it what's the what's the word i'm looking for uh, by full faith and credit of the united states says that right on the bill doesn't it yep well, what's the full faith and credit in the in the currency bill? What does that mean? The guy, the shopkeeper, you just passed it to, could get some kind of full faith and credit or something? He can redeem it. It's losing value. My friend in Panama City said he dropped by Popeyes the other day and got five pieces of chicken and a drink, and it's twelve dollars. Okay, so well, everything's going inflating. Well, how? Where's the full faith and credit of the United States? There. Well, you see, it's on the currency. But it doesn't mean the currency. It means the bond underneath it that backs it. Yeah, say that they'll tax enough to pay the interest on the bond. Exactly. See, but they don't put it on. They put it on the note and not on. The, and the bond is sitting there. And nobody understands how that works into the picture. See. Yeah. And also, I wanted to uh, relay that a recognized fact in law is a mistake. You can always back out by saying you made a mistake. Okay. You can't. How's your dad? Uh, my dad's getting real better, but uh, they put my brother back in the hospital. Oh, Gary. Yeah, I know. His kidneys are failing him, and that's. Jar! I not emphasize Stop it! People. If you know anybody that comes down, get them on ivermectin and stuff. If they get him in the hospital, that remdesivir, which both my oh. dad and my brother have, oh. uh, it doesn't seem to be affecting dad's kidneys, but it is definitely affecting my brother's. He can't hardly see. Yesterday, he couldn't hardly walk. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, they get you on that protocol in the hospital, and they won't hear. They will not listen to anybody who wants to talk vitamins or ivermectin or hydrochloric when they don't want to hear any of that. They want to stick you on this protocol. I wanted to say and thank you, Sebastian, our good listener down in South Africa, who sent me a excellent, it's long, I'll stick it at the end of today's show description for you, but it's a, about a two-and-a-half-hour interview with Joe Rogan uh, on two, a scientist and a doctor on inter, uh, ivermectin with a whole bunch of information in there, Okay. Uh, that ivermectin works in 22 different ways in the body that's positive to you, okay? 
And uh, one of the things that they had tremendous success with was in Africa with river parasites. And some places in Africa, there's this river parasite that makes people go blind. And in those tribes there, it was all the young kids leading all the adults around because they were all blind from this river parasite. And ivermectin gave them their sight back. Roger, you're off Eurofolk. I am. Okay, well, let's see what's going on here. Okay, let's. Uh, yes, we are idle. Let's see if we can get this going again. Will it connect again? Connecting? Idle. Idle. Well, we may just be on the show by ourselves here today, kids. Uh, connecting? Idle. 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 It won't reconnect. Mm-mm-mm. Nope. Well, that's not good. Uh, maybe they're having some sort of a problem over there. Dadgummit. Well, we're still recording. We'll still have this one in the can, but uh, I'm going to leave this open. It's still idle. I've tried about eight times here. Let's see. It won't reconnect. And they may have had an outage, electrical outage, or maybe a software problem or something. Don't know. Maybe the server, the server, I think, is in New York. Uh, it will not reconnect at the moment. So let's leave it for a second here, and we'll try again in a minute. Thank you, Lisa, for monitoring that. I appreciate it. Um, just when we're about to get John and Kathy on, too, huh? Thank uh, you, Martin. Man, let's see here. You know, Roger. Uh, yeah. Hey, Samuel. Hi. Uh, I would recommend that uh, you try to contact Dr. Zev Zelenko. <laughs> Yeah, and see and see what the protocols are in the state that he's in with his kidneys, because I think Doctor Zev might uh, might respond. There's a a great um, uh, thing with him uh, interview with uh, Stu Peters uh, that is just so down to earth and so cut the bullshit. And, and and this is the guy who was in the middle of New York. And he saved the worst of the worst. He had 85% recovery in the worst-case scenarios. Okay, I'm going to drop Paul. You guys go ahead and talk for a second. I'm going to divert my attention over here and let Paul know the server's hey, not connecting. Yes, sir? Try rebooting, but shut it down and bring it back up. That may get things going, too. Well, doesn't that diss out the recording? Uh, yeah, it will. Well, if you start it right back up, you're not going to miss much of it. You can piece it together if you need or to. No, I can't piece it together. I don't have all that ability to do that. Uh, okay. Dadgummit, what is going on here? Uh, usually doesn't. Usually it'll reconnect. I've never had to reboot, boot, reboot but Jeez. Uh, oh, come on now. What's going on? Well, let me drop Paul a message here. Yeah. Oh, no, you guys go twiddle your thumbs or say something. Do the hey, for Gary, Gary, um, make sure that you uh, are putting pressure on the hospital where your brother's at. They cannot go forward with those protocols if his advocate is telling them not to. And you basically have to stand your ground if you have to, you know, demand that you get the patient advocate from the hospital. Um, if necessary, get an attorney. But uh, they will listen if you jam it down their throats. Well, the thing you got to get him off that remdesivir. That stuff poisons the kidneys. No, Sarge, he's already off of that. He th this is he actually was last week on Monday. 
week ago today, he was discharged for the the pneumonia, but as part of the protocol, he was given remdesivir. These problems have developed since then. And yeah. Put well, him if he's back, back in the hospital, they'll probably put him back on it. Have they? Uh, have no. they put? Have they intubated him? No, he's he's fine that way. He can breathe and stuff. It's well, the, the problem but, is, is when the kidneys shut down, there's not processing fluid, and the lungs are going to fill up with with water, and they're going to call it pneumonia when it's actually pulmonary edema, and they're treated two right. separate ways. Right. And well, they don't, they're, they're calling this crap COVID pneumonia now. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. crap. That's that's it's pulmonary edema. He needs to be on Lasix. They need to have a, a thing to get the water out of his system. Uh, they put him back. They put him back in the hospital because his potassium level shot way up, and that's a direct result of his kidneys not filtering stuff. Mm-hmm. It's probably that's a direct result of them using resident red disavir, however you say it, on him before. Um, yeah, I'm aware of this, guys. <laughs> okay, so sorry. I There's wonder a, if you can get. More. I'm wondering if you could get Doctor Zelensky to be his advocate and tell that hospital what he thinks the protocol should be. I'd be shocked if you could get Zev Zelensky to answer an email, quite frankly. He's got to be swamped. Um, well, you know, Dr. Sherry, she hired a whole staff just to take the new increases in, you know, lots of people to, to cover all the people calling in for help. Isn't it, interesting? Isn't it interesting how they've over-amped Israel with the vaccinations and all the things that are happening over there? And Tom Renz in Ohio is a lawyer advocating right. for people's rights. And if he has any lawyers that he knows of, you're in Indiana, right? And Gary and yeah, yeah, and, we're in Indiana. And he, if he has anybody working there for patients, he would contact you with them. Well, there's another problem here, guys, and that is that the, the hospital is a veterans' hospital. It changes uh, oh. the dynamic. Uh oh. Because my brother's a disabled veteran, so um, it just changes things. It sure it's does. Like, You're not going to get a lot of cooperation there, I would think, well, unfortunately. Did, didn't they just say that the COVID shot has to be mandatory now for all vets? Pretty sure. Know. No, but, it's well, mandatory they for the military active duty. Yeah, the, uh-huh. the VA said it needed to be mandatory, but they also have three different exemptions, so. Okay. Yeah, I know they made it mandatory, but... Okay. Isn't it it? <laughs> you guys hear about the... Uh, oh, they, they won't treat you in some hospitals unless you have the vaccine? And some doctor said, oh, unless you're vaccinated, we're not going to treat you. But what about all these you know overweight people and all that? Is that the, ne- the next thing? What about the people you know? that were scheduled for organ transplants that are, are, are uh, have, have a danger of dying if they get a vaccine, period, yep. and they won't let them in to get the organ transplant unless they're vaccinated? I mean, there's a catch-22 for you. This country's getting... Well, Cody just got knocked off somehow. I cannot get Butt to reconnect to the server. Mm-hmm. Um, and, oh, good morning, Roger. Hey, Daryl. Welcome to Crazy Monday. Um, yeah. I hate to go back and reboot it, Jim. I've never had problems with it doing this before, which leads me to believe it's a server or a electrical or some other type of problem. But is usually the most dependable of all these little pieces of software we got to mess with. 
But boy, it's sure giving me idle, uh, idle, idle. Let's, but here's the deal: the program is still being recorded on my computer. Okay, so this is still going down and can be put up and people can listen to it, even though they can't listen to it live. And I hate to interrupt that because then I don't have a continuous recording. Okay, so uh, maybe we just ought to roll with it as it is right now. And the folks are in the program are the ones on the board. Yeah, well, uh, the reason I called in was because Lisa and Manju had uh, an interesting uh, topic they were discussing. One was uh, how how coinage is brought into the uh, monetary system, and and you were explaining um, the uh, the steam engine and how a governor works. The probably the the very best explanation of this, Lisa and Manju, and for everybody else on here, can be found um, on Bitshoot and YouTube. And it's from a man named John Titus, and oh, yeah. his uh, his uh, website is called Best Evidence. Best Evidence. If you go to YouTube and type in Best Evidence, and you will see a collection of about, uh, I don't know, uh, 20, 20 videos spanning a number of years. Uh, he posts about... Oh, every uh, couple months, and uh, he's he's probably on the cutting edge of understanding how the system actually works in reality. Um, he had a year ago he had a uh, a video called uh, "What's Behind the Fed's Manufactured Coin um, Shortage," and uh, going forward, uh, listen to all the videos, and you'll see how the uh, Federal Reserve accounting system, central banking system, is uh, they, they run double books. And uh, the difference between, simply, very simply, uh, the difference between coinage and uh, Federal Reserve notes, which I uh, more accurately refer to as the federal shekel, um, uh, they, enter, they enter the monetary system by two different forms of banking. And you you have you have retail banking and you have commercial banking. Ah, we just and, got we just uh, hooked up the server. Yeah. We just hooked up the server again. Okay, okay. good. Thank you. Go yeah. ahead. Well, so <clears throat> understanding that the uh, the the coinage does not have debt. It's commercial banking. Ooh, wait a minute. Ah, hold, hold, stop. We just, got, we just hooked up wait the a, server. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, wow, um, the uh, the coinage doesn't have uh, uh, usury debt associated with it, and so they don't like that because <laughs> the because the the coinage actually doesn't go through the Federal Reserve System. How about that? No, it's from the Mint Treasury. Yeah, so. Um, uh, if there is, is any form of actual uh, United States of America money floating around, you'll find it jingling in your pocket and not laying in shekel notes in your wallet or when or using bills of exchange or digital uh, currency. So this is why the very best exchange is in coinage. 
The second best is cash, and the worst thing you can do is um, uh, digital or bills of exchange. And um, and then on top, well, the absolute worst is to in, indenture yourself through uh, promissory notes. So that's absolutely the worst. But <clears throat> there's there's understanding that there's completely two separate forms of banking here, which are uh, commercial and retail banking. So John does a brilliant job of explaining this. Um, and is there any surprise that they use a bifurcated system? Is there any, is there any surprise in that? So, I believe that the uh, what you say is right, but the uh, the coins are based on. Um, it's actually the closest thing to real money under the Constitution that we have. Mm-hmm. Yes, and is. I think they set that at a 1%, and I'm going to say it's a limit, but I'm not sure of that. But it's 1% or less of the money supply is in coins, which is insignificant, um, especially when 1% could be significant, significant in a multi-trillion dollar economy, but it's not because most people don't really do anything with coins except small stuff. So they are, I think in my mind, they're, they're trying to use the coinage thing to still remain somewhat constitutional because it's positive money, it's not debt money. And that's what we got to get away yeah. from is the debt money. And all they have to do is reverse what Congress did years back in claiming we were bankrupt and handing it over to the Federal Reserve. They gave away the country right then and there. No question about that, Raj. Well, but, uh, uh, that's a totally hypothecated hey, BS, and, and it ought to should have never happened, but that's the magic these guys do. I had two hey, people. Roger. Yes, Cody. You know, the Constitution says that uh, gold you know, states cannot accept anything but gold or silver. I wonder if the strategy is to start suing the states directly for, you know, accepting the system they're accepting. Have you read uh, Miracle on Main Street yet? No, I mean I know the whole system's perverted, but I just thought that would be a way to get some. Well, that's what that's what that stuff. that's what Tupper's book was about. Miracle on Main Street was all about the state constitutions right. requiring gold and silver as payment of debts, private and public. And what, what was his? You know, I talked to Brent one day about it. He just said, "Well, you'll you know you could get maybe get some attention, but you'll never get anywhere with it." But that's, it seems that's like very true. We should be able to. Well, no, he he, he got he got somewhere with it. He got indicted by the IRS and went for ten years on the run. Yeah, uh, this is an outgrowth. This is an outgrowth. You have to have a working understanding of the legal tender laws uh, that that came about after the bankruptcy of March uh, night, March ninth, nineteen thirty-three, and uh, the legal tender laws and uh, the uh, confiscation of gold are all a part of this. <clears throat> so. Cody, have you ever seen uh, a series of bills from the back in that time up to the present and the promise, the promise to pay? 
Yeah, if you can ever find those bills, and you can find them somewhere, or maybe some articles on it. Is that a congressional bills? No, 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 no. Bills circulating currency, Federal Reserve notes, and the promise to pay that's printed on the note, and see how they've altered it over the oh, years. Oh, promise to pay. No. Oh, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, let I me, don't know. You, let me, you know, Gaddy yeah. likes to Let me just mention this. Gaddy likes to say that, you know, the, the necessary and proper clause is what they're using. And, whoops. And uh, that may be part of the thing. You know, it's just, it's amazing that if a document says... You can't do one thing to say that, uh, you know, another part of it would overwrite that just uh, seems. Well, that's what happens when you move into a condition called bankruptcy. It changes everything. Right. Let me explain this to Cody. Cody, pull out your dollar bill. Let me explain this to you. So you actually understand what's happening and not what you think is happening. It says says Federal Reserve. Pull out your dollar bill. Okay. Pull out your dollar bill. Right. Okay, at the very top, it says, at the very top of it, everybody else can do this, too. At the very top of it, it says, Federal Reserve Note, this is your creditor. Your creditor. Uh, <clears throat> creditor. The United States of America is in all bull caps uh, style below that. That is the debtor. Huh? So you have a creditor-debtor relationship. Master-slave, the they call left. it. Thank you. And this is the basis of uh, Phariseeism and Judaism, is a master-slave relationship. <clears throat> On the face of the dollar bill in the lower left-hand corner, uh, you have, uh, it's hard for me to... Uh, read the, the scribble on there but this is the treasury of the United States and uh, this is the borrower they are the borrower and on uh, the right side in the lower right hand corner below there there is the secretary of the treasury and they are the lender and they are the secretary of the fund the fund the governor the governor the governor of the fund well uh <laughs> okay if you want to parse it that way this is the imf this is the international monetary fund and they uh the the head of the fund is the secretary of the treasury treasurer treasury uh, treasury that's his title so <clears throat> He's overseeing the bankruptcy, uh, and you're using their shekel scripts, and you're you're uh, it's a felonious misrepresentation, and uh, in your mind, you've accepted their their script. This is script. This is company script. Okay, shekel scripts. Okay, these aren't dollars. Babble bucks. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> babble bucks. And, love it. And, <laughs> And and you and you are you are uh, exchanging uh, credits credits not 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 money not not real dollars uh, not not what was considered constitutional money uh, this is this is a long foregone time out uh, forgotten this is all custom and usage now right. it's totally integrated and infiltrated through every aspect of your entire life. Cody, yep. okay, you are complicit 
in it and you are trying to you're trying to you constantly fraud. are trying to disassociate reality with what your wishes are I'm so uh, the imf listen i'm talking here listen the imf imf is chartered by the united nations okay imf is chartered by the united nations all right and the imf operates off of the plenary and the plenary is associated with the Bank of England. All right. Now you know reality. Okay. And this is all on your dollar bill. And so you, you have to stop trying to make sense out of nonsense. Okay. You have to address the nonsense. <clears throat> and, and this is how this works. Now, the entire structure, every aspect of everything in this entire uh, uh, country, if, so to speak, is subject to this. All right now, now you have a sort of a perspective on the breadth, width, and depth of the uh, condition we're in, and uh, I agree with Roger, Roger too, that the best thing that could happen would be a revocation of the uh, Federal Reserve Act. <clears throat> Easier said than done. Mm -hmm. uh, this there would be there would be an absolute physical. Mm -hmm physical war for that to come about with Absolutely. NATO or, or what would happen uh, who knows who knows um but part of their constitutionality of this is when you've always answered those two questions yes and signed something because now you've agreed to it It's just like a. a and how do you under? How, excuse me, Roger. How do you unagree? You withdraw your consent by filing a paper with the Secretary of State and withdraw your consent. That's why this message has to be spread because without going into kind of bloodshed and battle and everything else and the horrors that are associated with all of that type of activity, we can do this peacefully. All we got to do is spread it to enough people. We don't have to get a huge percentage. You don't have to get 50, 60 percent of the people. Okay. All we got to get is five to 15 percent because we're going to get and reach the most productive people in the society. Once they've withdrawn their consent that's been erroneously given, they pull themselves out of their little tax scheme, too. And now their system falls on its face. Atlas shrugged. Okay. That's why it's so important here. I know Thank it you. doesn't seem very important. I know it doesn't seem like one sentence on a piece of paper sent to one guy can do much. But it is the answer to this if you want to do this peacefully and if you want to do this forcefully. Because these guys recognize this. I know you don't think they do, but they do. Well, here's the facts. The facts are this. The fa here's the facts. Unless, unless everybody who has the heart and the will and the mind to do it and spirit peacefully tries to exit this okay those people will not participate in the physical aspects of it so what we have in this in this entire culture is systemic um, uh, feminization of men and an absolute abject cowardice in their in their very core is cowardice exists for their fear so let me read you something uh, atlas shrugged is a very appropriate although she was uh comes from a non-christian perspective she writes something incredibly powerful 
This is written in 1957, the year of my birth. When you see that in order to produce, you need to obtain permission from men who produce nothing. When you see that money is flowing to those who deal, not in goods, but in favors. When you see that men get richer by graft and by pull than by work, and your laws don't protect you against them, but protect them against you. When you see corruption being rewarded and honesty becoming a self-sacrifice, you may know then that your society is doomed. Okay. Well, how, how prophetic is that? <clears throat> okay. So there is a, there is, yeah, there is a arc of history. There is an arc of history and there is, um, uh, in physics, in physics, there is uh, this thing called inertia. And once a body has been set in motion, it resists uh, uh, being stalked or slowed mm-hmm. down. And so what you have here is uh, over 100 years of monetary inertia that will not stop on a dime. You cannot shut it off and turn it around on a dime. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, okay this is we ha- deal with reality here see okay? cody you, you think cody keeps well, you- thinking he's going to change this and the only thing you can change cody is you well you would probably not get anywhere in the state courts but you at least bring it to light as you sue people that might you know bring attention to other people is a bit that's what brent and i talked about one day but let me mention this you talked about christianity i was listening to bill warner he's the guy the phd that does the uh political islam um podcast and website and all that and he he said something very profound that basically islam always wins that that turkey used to be a christian country and uh because of the warring nature of Islam, it has never not taken over a country. So let that sink in. Well, they didn't take over Europe. They got stopped in Europe. Let that sink in. Well, hey, uh, they're taking Corey, over Germany. Corey. Well, they're not taking over Europe. The Jews, have, Soros and them have imported a bunch of them in there. They had to go do that immigration thing for them to get this strong in Europe. Right. No, but he's saying once they get in, that's what he says so dangerous about allowing Muslims into your, into your culture is that they, you know, they always take over. He yeah. Turkey is an example and, you know, whatever other countries. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, you're, you're missing the hidden hand. You're missing the Amen. hidden hand again, Amen. Corey. Amen. Cody, yeah. Yeah. You're missing. You're missing the hidden hand. The 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 Muslims didn't. Uh, <clears throat> the, the Muslims <laughs> haven't in in the in the last uh, fifty years. The Muslims didn't bring themselves in. They were brought in. Okay, and uh, and and listen. Uh, this is the same thing that's happening here in this uh, so-called country. So. <clears throat> These, these peoples do not, as a rule, do not, as a rule, assimilate. They infiltrate. Okay? And this is why, this is why you have to have strict restrictions and control over your nation. Okay? Because uh, they don't assimilate. They infiltrate. And the original infiltrators uh, who never assimilate... Uh, are the um, uh, perennial enemy. Uh, this is what happened to. 
This is what happened to England with Cromwell. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> that's right. I'm going back 300 and some years because you have to you have to understand the larger arc of the process than the the uh, the, the, the the five minute talking point. Okay, we'll to get it. Twelve ninety two. You can you you can you you have to understand this, and if you do not if you do not give it the respect that it's due, you're dangerous, okay? You're going to go off half-cocked, and this is what people do. You, you, have, you have to really reason with the arc of history here. And uh, uh, you, you, you can't go back just 20 years. You can't go back just 40 years. You have to really grasp the magnitude because you've been asleep your whole life. And uh, the, 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 quote, the quote is that a, a man who is ignorant of the history before he was born will forever remain a child and understand that most people are children in their perception because they have just begun to become aware. Okay, there's a lot of at. deprogramming. Yeah, go ahead, Lou. You have to look at is who are the greatest advocates of bringing these refugees into the Western countries? Well, yeah. this is a Zionist Jew. This is a Zionist Jew. Let me let me let me be specific about this. This is Zionism, and uh, <clears throat> that leverages and force multiplies through um, bringing in proxy uh, victims. These are these are proxies. These are proxies for them because they won't do their own fighting. Oh no, they won't. I don't know. Convert so they, they 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 have proxies, and the proxies, the proxies for some people, a lot of people are even in their own homes. This is the basis of uh, feminism <clears throat> uh, from the very beginning. Uh, and believe me, I'm not against women. <laughs> okay. Uh, and but they they have they have this I'm just using this as one example all right so this all has to be taken in consideration and you understand understand this you are not going to unwind this even in two generations if you took effective means starting right now nope yeah, we should all just be Muslim we might okay. as well at least you will not you will not you will not live long enough Cody Cody you will not live long enough to see this remediated so, so, does that mean not fight? No, that's not what it means. But you have to let go of the idea that you're going to be successful in your life. These people have played a long game, a long game, and if you fight in this space and you fight for the future, you do it for your posterity and not yourself. You get me? You have to, you oh, have you. to fight for the posterity that you will never know. Why should I fight for okay. Christianity when none of these Christians are really fighting anymore? And they're, you know, I mean, seriously, 
if they're allowing these themselves oh, to be taken over because they've been neutered so you, you they're a bunch it. of christian zionists oh. because they've been neutered by by schofield and all these teachings why do you think they started this back in the 1850s on the christianity side they knew what happened in the Revolutionary War. They knew that it was the pastor in front of the church that took off his robe and grabbed his gun and went out with the militia. They've neutered them, Cody. If you like to win. Hey, Cody. God almighty. The majority of the people on this call right now are Christians. And you're going to sit here and tell me I haven't fought. I've fought for this country for nine and a half years. I've studied everything going on for history for I don't know how many years back. I have a library that's over a thousand books. How much reading how, how do you do? How much study do you do? Yeah. You get on here how and you, many, you talk about ignorant, yeah. how, ignorant how, how viewpoints. Many, how many wars are you fighting that were unconstitutional that you were acting on? Oh, please, Cody. Cody. To not go fight. Oh, Cody, come on. You ain't going to beat these guys fighting. You're going to beat them with brains. They didn't come in here and take over the country with an army. They right. came over and took it over with deceit. They fooled your no, parents. He's justifying that he's fighting for this country. Well, he is fighting. We're fighting on here every day. Probably an illegal foreign war. Oh, uh, Cody. God almighty, man. I mean, you disrupt everything. You, you don't listen. You're always thinking there's some easy answer. We're going to go elect the governors. We're going to go. It ain't going to happen. The only thing you can change is Cody. Mr. Glass half full. I tell you. I, I mean, you know, listen, it's been uh, three three years. Oh, if somebody's telling me that they're, they're, they're fighting. Well, what do you think we're doing on here every day? I not only fought them, I beat them, Cody. What have you done? You you put in a piece of paper and don't believe in it and don't adhere to it. You didn't even pay $30 for a damn passport card, for God's sakes. That's how much you believed in what you did. You know, I could say the same thing about any religion out there. It's not just Christians. I don't care if you're a Buddhist or even an atheist, which is a religion. Are they fighting? Is this a religious issue? It conflicts with Christianity, yes. But I don't see anybody else standing up for the country. So I don't buy that, that argument at all. Cody is young and full of testosterone and refuses to engage his synapses. I've, I've said before, and I'll say it again, that your paperwork, Roger, and learning how to live as a national, which means understanding you have inalienable rights that government can't mess with. And learn how to enforce that. And spread it. That's the next big step. It's the answer, for God's sakes. Exactly. They're, they're and scared I, as and hell of it. Have you seen them do anything to anybody in over 10 years? No. What have you seen them do? Oh, they went back and changed the oath in the passport application, did they? Well, that sounds like somebody that's defensive and not offensive to me. What does it sound like to you guys? When somebody's trying to cover their ass to that degree, what's happening? That's a defensive move, not an offensive move. 
They that shows add, they're scared of something, doesn't it? They had to add it to the forty-four seventy-three because it used to not be on there. Okay. Yes, I was gonna I was gonna bring that up earlier, Roger, because they have asked us, "Are you a national?" But but very seldom. And when they do, it's like you said when we were talking about it before. You said that most people would read that and say, well, I know I'm a U.S. citizen, but I don't know what this national guy is. So I'm putting, I'm going to check U.S. citizen. So they have asked us in the, in the 4473 does have that on it now. And the sons of bitches in the gun shop, when I refused to do that uh, video form, uh, and he insisted that they didn't have paper forms, uh, he gave me no options, and he threatened me that if I didn't check the yes, that they couldn't give me the gun. Mm-hmm. So uh, they do have that, but people don't understand it. It's becoming more prevalent, but slowly. But uh, they'll still try to buffalo you. That's what I say. You have to learn how to live as a national. That's what I was saying to Manju. They're going to try and buffalo you and trick you and everything else. That's why you got to learn the information. That's why your freedom's in the information. Exactly. Your freedom's not in the paper. I mean, I've said it before. I could charge people $1,500, $2,500, okay? And I could send you one sentence and tell you to go get it affidavitized, notarized, and send it in. What would happen? I'd be wealthier. You would never go study. You might be free, but the first time you ever have to defend it, you don't know what the hell to say. You haven't grown any. They're not empowered at all. So nothing happens. All right, hold on. There's three or four people wanting to talk at once. Lisa, was that you? Yep, I have another question to throw out there. So when we file our affidavit, we're saying that we give our allegiance to the smallest state. Correct? Correct. I don't like that. Well, you're giving your allegiance to God. The state protects you. Okay, locally, but your allegiance is to God because those are the God-given rights that you receive in that status. But my state will not protect my God-given rights. It's just a territory of the federal but government. That is, but that, not no, but that's not state. true because now you're going back and, and pinning everything on allegiance when that's only half of the formula. The other allegiance for protection, protection for allegiance. That takes away the federal jurisdiction and the state jurisdiction through the feds. Okay. Okay. So, so the smallest state is supposed to protect me, but it's basically vacant, right? Those offices are not manned at this point. That's correct. For the most part, that we know of, they're they're in the documents. They say that the court should fall through if you do this and do that and fall back to it. But we've seen people like Tom Schramm try and access that for over twenty five years. He's never been able to. Okay. So, so why do we? Why do we? give our allegiance where we get no protection because it's not there well then you're supposed to protect yourself if you're not going to have the state come and protect you okay roger yes uh that that's why my premise is that once you're a national you're no longer under the corporation you're under the organic constitution of your state that's true Okay, so even even when you notice these people, you should tell them that you're de facto and 
God is first and secondary in the state. Your law is that organic constitution, not the corporation. They are de facto. I mean, it's still there. All of it's still there. And, you know, that's what people like John Ainsworth up in North Carolina and I guess even Anna Von Reitz, Dave and his bunch are trying to reestablish. But that's going to take too long. I mean, you know how hard it is to get one person on this side here and get them up to speed? Can you imagine doing it on a statewide or a nationwide basis? You talk about not being able to take care of it in your lifetime how about three or four generations lifetime on that okay a couple hundred years all right but you can definitely pull yourself out because you can control you and you can control your actions and now if you do that you've got guidelines to go by okay and excuse me if you don't call the that's why you got sheriffs you know that's why you put those guys on notice and maybe go buy them a copy of my book and try and make an appointment with them and sit down and explain it to them okay then you're going to get some protection it's just like uh, if you pull yourself out and you can't get the fire department anymore it's like al Addis friend out there in oregon where they pulled the fire trucks up to the house that was burning and said we can't come on your property because you're on the property rolls Okay. Well, what about if you give them a contribution every year? Look, I know I'm not on the property rolls. I know you got expenses. Let me pay you a little bit per year for the cost that I would pay you otherwise. Then they're going to come and help you. Okay. See, there are things you can do, Lisa, but look, this isn't clear cut and simple. All right. It is getting out of it, but maintaining it is again back to you as an individual being able to command yourself and be strong and deal with these issues okay and i don't have all the damn answers i got some of them but i don't have all of them i know roger but i i love getting your viewpoints of things you know that's why i'm always here just no, good guys. good questions good hey, questions roger, people need to know a question hold on several people want and go ahead who's that Let gary me. was that you gary yeah it was me uh, <laughs> In one of those many books that I have that I've read, it talked about the fact that in the 40s, there was meetings in Chicago with all the governors and the representatives of each state. And that's where they formulated the plans to do away with the state governments and go underneath the federal. Right. Wouldn't surprise me a bit. If it only figured it'd take place in Chicago, probably up at uh, uh, University of Chicago, Rockefeller U. I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and look. Uh, and then two, if if you're a state citizen, where you get protection at in the states is Supreme Court. That's the only court authorized by most every state constitution. So your local court, your small claims court, all that, just go read your state's constitution. Your organic state's constitution will point out that the Supreme Court is where you're supposed to take the Supreme Court of the state you're talking about, or the U.S. Correct. Which one? Of the of the state. Okay. If you're if you go read the organic constitutions, almost every one of them I've ever looked at only authorizes one court, and that's the Supreme Court, court of the state. state. Yep, makes sense to me. Hey, Roger. Yes, Samuel. I got a quick message for Gary. Um, I, I feel remiss in not mentioning this early earlier for his brother. There's an there's a ten herbal tea. Um, kidney or kidney cleanse it's ma- it's made uh specifically for this by andreas moritz and you can buy it at a place in minneapolis minnesota called present moment and it's it's a uh 
it's a blend. Is that a Samuel, or is that what is it? It's, it's a website or a store or what, Samuel? It, it, it's a store. I have a phone number for them. It's eight hundred three seven eight three two four five. Of course, his book is old, but okay. if you look repeat, them up, they're repeat, there. Uh, Samuel, hold on. Repeat that again slowly, so people have eight, a chance to get a piece of paper and a pencil. Eight hundred. Present, present moment is the name of the store. Yes, and it's in Minneapolis. If it hadn't been burned down. And it's 800-378-3245. But I looked their website up before I called. They're there, and it's the Kidney Cleanse Tea. It's a, a blend done in, in, in the, the amounts that Moritz recommended and it's it's it, it it you get quite a lot for your money you can make you can make tea for at least 30 days i think for about 30 bucks and you're, you're just not going to find anything better than that for, uh, for a kidney plant. this is pageant i've done that about like 25 years ago just because i did all kinds of cleansing to get rid of the few uh vaccines that i had had when i was five years old and what was really funny is my little toe went really straight. Now, why that's funny is because the urinary bladder meridian goes along the little toe. <laughs> and I, it, just, it was just funny that that happened when I did the kidney cleanse. Huh. But I didn't have any symptoms. I was just doing it just because I was doing all kinds of cleanses. So, yeah, it's great. Uh, uh, Samuel, that, that may yeah. be the difference between my brother and my dad because ever since we got my dad out of the hospital, I've had him drinking twice a day. Uh, red clover, dandelion, and uh, uh, I forget the other mixture. But anyway, those three uh, herbal yeah, tea, and, uh, and Dad seems to be recovering quicker than my brother. Yeah, and you want to you want to cut their intake of proteins and dairy because that's just hard on the kidneys to process. Uh, Samuel, does this uh, uh, tea does it does it contain uva ursi? Uh, here, I'll name them off for you. Um, uh, okay, marjoram, cat's claw, comfrey root, fennel seed, chicory root, uva ursae, hydrangea root, gravel root, marshmallow <clears throat> root, and goldenrod herb. Uva ursae is one of the best urinary tract uh, cleansers and, and detoxers that you can, you can take. Gary, links were put in the chat, too, just so you know. Okay, I'll screenshot it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the help. Okay. You really don't know how much I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, we're sure sorry you're having to go through all that, Gary, honestly, but I'm glad to see your dad's doing better. We ain't the only ones going through it. Well, I know. There's a lot of people going through it. Yep, I know. It's going to get worse. Uh, hey, listen, again, I wanted to say this about this uh Two and a half hour interview with Joe Rogan, and I will do my best to put it in the end of the show's description. Remember to do that today on ivermectin. Man, that stuff is fantastic. We all ought to be taking that once a week as a preventative. Okay, it evidently really, really has a great effect. Um, also, I wanted to thank Kay, and I'll try and remember to put this up there. Also, Kay found an old interview with General Benton Parton from 2006 on all of this uh, period of escalating violence and the communist internationals and all that, about an hour and a half interview, and I'll put that up there too.
Okay, for those of you who might want to go back and listen to Brigadier General Benton Parton, quite a guy. I was very, very honored to know him and spend time with him personally, privately. Who was trying to say something a second ago? I'm sorry. Uh, it was me, Roger. I have um, a question. This is Scott. This is who? Scott. Hey, Scott. Oh, Scott from the coast. Hey, man. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Hanging. Listen, my question, my question is uh, regarding the uh, declaration form to file um, with administrative records. When writing out United States of America, should that be in all capital letters no. or does no. it matter? No, it doesn't matter. Not in my, okay. not in my book. I, I think we get okay. too patriot or uh, communitized with all this stuff at times on all these formalities that aren't just really necessary. Well, that was my concern because I know, as you're saying and point out a lot, you know, pointing out the uh, importance of certain letters being, you know, like state being capital S versus small S. And, right. You know, all the trickery. So that's that was my that's why I was. Uh, had a question about it. I said, well, you know, as and what was pointed out a minute ago, you know, across the dollar bill at the top, all caps, United States of America, you know. So that, that just kind of tied it together for me as I'm trying to uh, write this out. Yeah, so, well, I, I, maybe, I maybe it matters. Maybe it does. I don't think it does, in all honesty. Uh, Sarge, what were you going to say a minute ago? Well, you may have noticed there's been a little change. Uh, John isn't here. Um, back when it looked like you weren't going to be on Eurofolk, he called me and uh, said that um, it'd probably be best to wait until next week. But also, um, he has, yesterday he attended a meeting that Judy Mikovits was at, mm -hmm. and uh, he said she had a ton of fantastic information. He got a recording of it. It's about an hour and 50 minutes long. So we're going to be playing that on my show. Uh, so uh, let's uh, let's do the uh, hyper fun stuff next week. Okay, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna play a brand new Judy Mikovits recording uh, during my show today. Okay, you want to you want to wait till next week, or you want to schedule it one day this week? Um, it's up to you. I don't um, know. We'll talk to John and see see yeah. how they feel about it. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know what he does the rest of the week. He's yeah. always on mine on, on Monday, so yeah. I thought that would probably be the easiest. Okay, and so you're going to play the mick of it sort of uh, recording the next hour, right? Right, and apparently it's all brand new stuff, and she just dumped on over everybody. <laughs> okay. Now, John but, uh, attended a, one of his meetings out there in Southern California yesterday where uh, Judy yeah. Mikovits was a speaker. For those of you, I'm pretty sure everybody on here knows who she is, but she's the one that crossed swords with Fauci and uh, uh, Gallo, Robert Gallo, back in the HIV-AIDS days, and they mm -hmm. threw her in jail and all kinds of stuff, stripped her of her uh, research credentials and basically made her life miserable. So uh, that should be a very interesting interview. Yeah. Or uh, yeah. not interview, but uh, session. Okay. Mm -hmm. So okay. Right. Thank you, thank you, sir. Yep. All right. Well, we'll deal with questions the rest of the time here, and or whatever our dialogue works into. Uh, did somebody else have something they wanted to bring to the table? Yeah, Roger. Yes. Yeah, hold on. Hold. On. Yes, yes. Is one of our Boston guys? Yeah, yeah. It's Skip. Yeah, no, it's it's Dell. Oh, hey, Dell. Hey, how are you? I have, I'm I've hanging. been busy, so I haven't been logging on. Uh, and I only got a couple of minutes, uh, but uh, I did submit my uh, my affidavit with my passport and passport ID. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. And uh, I, my question is: Has anybody ever um, required 
a status in an affidavit form, sending it in and uh, requiring the status correction that oh, nobody's I, ever got it confirmed. I don't. Right? I'm not sure exactly what you're asking. I mean, I think if I may, I think he's asking, has anyone submitted a FOIA? And I oh. have. Okay. Oh, you have. <clears throat> yes, and they told me three to four months. The sixteenth of this month will be three months for me. I and had, if I don't get it, I'm going to start squawking. Well, you can no, take no, them. I mean, no, uh, uh, listen. See, that's the beautiful thing about FOIA. If they don't respond, you can take them to court. Okay, all this judicial watch stuff that Larry Clayman and uh, uh, the other guy uh, uh, have uncovered—that all is done with FOIA because they won't answer a FOIA and they take them to court. Okay, now somebody wrote me an email and said, "Well, I FOIA the passport deal. Don't FOIA the passport operation. FOIA the Secretary of State administrative records. You're looking for your administrative file. If you send it in with a passport, it will be reflected in your administrative file, not in the passport information." Okay, I mean it's like the guy what. Oh, it's like one of the guys here a couple of years ago said, well, I sent my affidavit to the passport people, and they rejected it. And there's a letter that said, we don't accept affidavits. We sent it without a passport application. They handle and process passports. That They don't handle administrative stuff that doesn't have to do with passports. Okay, And then he said, it doesn't work because they wouldn't take it. Well, you sent it to the wrong people. Senor. Well, all I know is that my FOIA request was acknowledged, and they said they were working on it, and it's going to take time because of COVID. COVID. Yeah, the COVID delay. They shut down the records uh, department of I, the federal government because of COVID. I think you'll find that in this kind of stuff, Dell, that they do pretty much everything the way they're supposed to. You there? Odell. I guess he couldn't stay that long. I think I think you'll find when you get into this stuff, they do pretty much internally everything the way they're supposed to. Okay. If, I'm, I'm I, I mean just, if they I didn't just, uh, if they didn't, they just say we're not we're we're not accepting these anymore, Dell. Go go pound sand. Well, they don't <laughs> they don't do that, do they? No, they don't. Okay. Yeah, so they, your file should tell you your status as a national. That's what Which, you're saying. It right? should tell you whether that's in there or not. Yeah, and reflected. Yeah. In other but words, they don't. They don't. Well, let me. They let's don't put tell it, you. Well, let's put it this way: what you got is a court. Any of this administrative stuff, they're a court of record. And the reason they're a court of record, and I say that, is if you tried to go and file something in the district court and you had not gone through the administrative process, the district court will tell you we can't accept this filing because you've not exhausted your administrative remedies. Mm -hmm. Okay. Why? What are administrative remedies? That's going through the administrative state and trading letters and saying this, maybe going to an administrative judge. Well, all that's got to be recorded in your in your personal file okay mm -hmm. anything they send you and anything you send them irs or any of them is in that file all right that administrative file and that's yeah. the record that's what is a court of record because if you do get into district court you can bring anything out of the administrative file 
and it goes right into the court without by with bypasses the rules of evidence because it's coming from another court of record, the administrative system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. All right. And what was that called again? You file. What did he file? Freedom it's, of it's, Freedom of Information Act is the name of the legislation, and it's called a FOIA F O I A request. And you can put it in the search engine, and there's very easy instructions. You can FOIA any agency of the federal government. They've all got an officer that's in charge of that that deals with FOIA requests. Okay. Freedom of Information Act. That came after Watergate, if I remember correctly, when they were trying to open up the government and get some uh, daylight in there to it. That, the Paperwork Reduction Act, which is why the passport application has to be correct, is because of the Paperwork Reduction Act, okay, after Watergate. And that's why it has to have that OMB number on there, Office of Management and Budget, which is very strict. And if you get have a what they call a public information gathering request, okay, and any public information gathering request that gets information from the general public by an agency has to go through Office of Management and Budget and get one of those OMB numbers, which men, means it's passed all of the scrutiny of being constitutional. Mm-hmm. That's why they've got to put that stuff in the passport application. Believe me, they don't yeah. want to, Dell. Okay, <laughs> they don't want to put right. that warning yeah. box in there saying that you can attach affidavits and stuff. They do it because they got to. And the evidence is that when we started teaching this and exposing them, they went back and changed the oath on the passport application for the first time, mm-hmm. I guess, in decades. Okay. Again, they do that as a defensive move. That shows you they're scared of something, doesn't it? If they were oh, all this powerful, they just would they'd say, Well, the hell with these peons and roll right forward, wouldn't they? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So they're just a little indication. They've got rules. I know people consider them to be lawless and all that stuff. And if you're in that condition, they can and will be, maybe. Okay. But if you're not in that position, they won't be. Because they yeah, understand it, and we don't, and we're conditioned to think they're real powerful and have all this power. And the truth is, we gave them permission to do it to us. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So you learn how to use this power. Well, that's why I'm saying learn the information. Yeah. You, you yeah. can't use it unless you know the damn information. Mm-hmm. That's where your power is. All you yeah. new people, I want to say it again. Your information, your power, and your re-empowerment is in learning and having command of the information. When you do that, you're invincible. Hmm. Hey, Roger. Yes. Roger, I got to go. Okay, Dell. Uh, thanks, buddy. Check so, in with us later. Uh, we'll be here all week. Yeah, Lisa. Okay. Tin Tin Man has a question. Could speak something about voting and elections after Uh, submitting an affidavit, please. Okay, Tin Man, do you want to speak up or do you want Lisa to speak for you? I guess he wants Lisa to speak for him. Did you put it in the chat or something, Lisa? Where'd you read that? Okay. Yeah, he has it in the chat. All right. Well, the best thing to tell you is uh, if you ever remember Jim Traficant, when Jim Traficant got up in front of when he was alive and he was a representative from Ohio, he was a former sheriff, by the way, and got up in front of the house and said, ladies and gentlemen of the house, we are trustees presiding over the largest bankruptcy in the history of the world. That's on YouTube somewhere. I used to have it. Um, 
And uh, the problem is, if you want to continue to vote, you're all you're doing is putting people up there that are trustees. They pass laws, yeah, but they're not representing you. They may even act like they're representing you. But the minute they pass a law, excuse me, the minute they pass a law, what happens to it? It gets given to an administrative agency, and they rewrite it, okay, and they reinterpret it. And so what you're dealing with there is the administrative state. If you want to continue to do that, it's your choice. But you can, after you file an affidavit, if you still want to continue to participate in that exercise, you can go down to the supervisor of elections, present them with the affidavit, and tell them you want to change your status to an elector as opposed to a voter. Okay. And people have done that, and and they did it. So, uh, it, does that answer Tin Man's question? Can we get him a heart? Was it heart? What was Tin Man looking for? The lion wanted courage. The straw man wanted a heart, didn't he? What did Tin Man want? Oil. Oil. Okay. Well. Now I think a brain. Uh, a brain. The okay. man wanted the heart. Oh. The straw man wanted a brain. Oh, okay. There we go. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> I know it sounds so mundane. <laughs> Tin man says, yes, thank you. Now, okay. Roger, so if you get yourself registered as an elector, do you still go participate I in guess. voting? I Just, guess. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question because I hadn't participated in a number of years since Gore, think, Gore v. I Bush. Think. Go ahead. I think what an elector does is go and elect in the state and then finally the federal election, say for the president. Here's a question. Why don't you go to the supervisor in elections and ask them? Well, I think that's what it does, but I was going to do the same thing next time I'm in Colfax. Okay. So you drop in there. I know Harvey. Harvey dropped in and uh, delivered that. He had the illustrious distinction of his mother being the oldest registered voter in the county, so they knew who she was and he was, and gave the gal the affidavit. She said, no problem, and he was turning around doing something, and he said he turned around and looked, and she was reading his affidavit. And I was up in the run-up to this past election with Trump, so to take a few minutes and read what he'd written down I thought was fairly significant. But anybody that wants to press that envelope and get us some really concrete answers, we'd love to hear what they are. Hey, Roger, Bill just posted in the chat, I just got my new driver's license. I said no to the citizenship question. It removed me from the voting rolls. Okay. But I'm not sure what state he's in. Well, I can tell you this, though. He didn't say no to the resident question or they wouldn't have issued him one. <laughs> So you can see he can say no to the citizenship thing, and that's all right, but you can't get one of those without being a resident, and you're still tied in. That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. I'm going to see how it goes with no driver's license. Okay. Well, Daryl's Daryl's had we've got two guys on here that have had pretty positive experiences, but don't do it until you get your card, Paige. Oh yes. Uh, and anyway, I have a I have a question on behalf of one of my young um, people. Okay. In my group, sure. Um, he is he is an actor, and he said that he's nervous about uh, becoming a non citizen because all of their applications for their shows and stuff is online, and they only give you two choices: mm -hmm. you know, citizen or not a citizen. Okay. And if you put not a citizen, then they see you as 
you know, uh, someone from Australia or South Africa or something like that, they automatically put you in a non, you know, nothing to do with the United States and in, into an immigration kind of status. So, uh, I mean, I don't have an answer. No for, I don't trying to tell him to look for a different vocation or else can continue to be a slave to Hollywood. And I mean, I don't, I don't really have an answer <laughs> yeah. for that. And what, yeah. One thing he can do is there's laws against discrimination against U.S. nationals. If uh, he can find out if they're discriminated against him because he is a U.S. national, he won't have to work again for any life if he wants to take the court. Yeah, but the thing is, he wants to work, but he would just, like, it's too bad that the form doesn't say U.S. citizen slash national, like the passport application. Well, let me t- let me ask you this. One of the things, if but you're going to anyway, work, that's what's let, getting hold, in let, his let's, way. well, let's go back to the uh to the requirements of the federal government anybody that is going to get a job has to complete a form called an i-9 do they make you use i-9s in hollywood page that was a question do they make you have you ever seen an i-9 out there any of you acting people Anytime you get a job, you got to fill out an I nine. It's been that way for a long time, ten, ten over right. ten years. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I nine at the top has the option U.S. national. I'd ask him if he has apply online and ask him if he if their online uh, application is uh, equivalent to an I nine. Roger, I also have a question. Okay. Um, when Who, you have a form, who's it? Who's it? Can I ask? This, this is Manju. Oh, it is. Okay, didn't sound like you, Manju. I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. Oh. So, anytime you have a form, and like for instance, in this case, it's not doesn't have the non-citizen option. Can you retype? the form and add it in there or can you just not if it's a a little box not if it's a federal form they don't like you defacing federal forms they'll use that as an excuse to kick it back to you as my experience now maybe they don't okay in other words i used to think when they ask you are you a citizen of the united states and i'd want to put yes and write of america over to the side okay but those generally aren't aren't government forms they're generally some corporate form like a loan or this, that, and the other. You know, they're just getting your verification and uh, that agreement from you on those forms. Um, if it's a government form, I certainly wouldn't deface it. Okay. Usually, I find that they've got an uh, an other other option, and if so, then you can use the other option and attach whatever. Or um, one thing you may do, honestly manju is check yes on citizen of the united states and then and then give them a copy of your affidavit with whatever form you're returning to them so you're saying check yes if that's the only option that you've got and you've got to go through with it that's what you may consider is checking yes and then putting uh, put a copy of your affidavit with whatever you're giving back to them to clarify that got it we probably ought to have like maybe 50 or 100 copy certified copies 
uh, notarized, that is, of the affidavit because that's what I'm prepared to do next time in the gun store. Only I'm not going back to that one anyhow. But uh, we ought to carry that thing around uh, along with our passport card. Couldn't hurt. Affidavit. I mean, couldn't hurt, honestly. Um, because the, the the way the whole world is set up in that, well, I say the whole world, at least locally and the U.S., is that they're not going to ask you anything about a national, and if you tell them you're a national, they won't know what the hell you're talking about. I mean, these people don't know. You know, some I of know. them know they've so, got to recognize it, and they know it's legitimate, but they don't have all the the answers. If they did, they probably wouldn't know. be working for the federal government or the state government. Go ahead, Raj. What we should know is just do the uh, affidavit. Let me, let me tell you, you talk about carrying an affidavit with you. Let me tell you a copy of the document you ought to carry with you is a certificate of non-citizen nationality where it shows the dual status and have that highlighted. Where do you get that? I've I've uh, travel.state.gov. Just print well, it out. They, that's the one that uh, you said they uh, wrote up. They get so few requests for that that they they don't uh, do that anymore. But that's for the that's for the American American Samoans. But yet they've got that statement in there where it says all U.S. citizens are U.S. nationals. That's what you want to put in front of people's face. These are well, the same, okay? The rest, the whole thing that follows is why an American Samoan is not in that dual status. Right. But I did that with the uh, guy in the gun store, who I don't think even worked there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Are you sure they sold guns there? <laughs> Well, he didn't sell me the gun. That gun store didn't sell me the gun. It was that was the FFLD just doing a a uh, transfer. A, the gun was per, bought in in North Carolina, and they shipped it to a local FFLD. Okay, but, you, but you had to have the dealer okay it to ship it to you. Well, they you have to give the uh, store a dealer to ship it to, and okay. it has to be on their list, of I course. See. Of course, just to verify everybody. Go to a gun show and buy it from an individual. Oh, you can't do that at a gun show anymore. Are you still fill out a forty four seventy three at the gun sh- at the gun show? Well, yeah, you know, I never saw a forty four seventy three. Yeah, yeah, the state of Washington is kind of hinky. I don't know what's going on with that. Are you kidding oh, me? Man. You can't go to a gun shop and buy, do a private sale, a buy with somebody? No, oh. they, they, they don't want anything private. It all has well, to go I know they don't. I know they don't want it, but how are they stopping a private sale? No, they're, they're not. Well, they, they don't. Okay. Well, that's my point. No made. guys have done them. If you buy from an FFL, you have to send it to an FFL. Right. If you're not taking it out of that store yourself, yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But you can go to a gun shop or look in the. Do they still let people advertise in newspapers and guns and stuff for sale? Um, I don't know. Uh, I know that yeah. if you do advertise, that's public knowledge, and you know they're going to have people watching that stuff. So. People hey, 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 Jeff, move to Montana. 
<laughs> I'm sticking to Texas, thanks. Or maybe, a, I don't know, Alabama. Who knows? There's a half a page of for sale guns every week in Montana. <laughs> I see. And uh, you can buy whoever you want to without paperwork at a gun show in Montana. Okay. It depends on your state. Well, if, if you really need something, you don't live that far from me. Just give me a call. No, I, I, it's, not, it's not the I, point. I, I, I don't need anything. <laughs> in fact, I have too many. Uh, but at any rate, uh, yeah, that's that's the craziness of at least the state where I live. Yeah, yeah well, your, your state is pretty crazy. We're getting towards the end of the program here. Has anybody got any other questions that are of yeah. importance? I had a question, Roger. Okay. Hold it. Hey, this is Bill. Hey, um, Bill. I, uh, um, I put over in the comments that uh, about my driver's license. I just wanted to ask about that. Um, so I, I, I sent in my affidavit and everything. During that time, I got a request, you know, for the driver's license. So I, a, I just figured I went uh, to renew it, and they asked two questions. Um Will you give us access to your body after you die? Um, and are you a citizen? So those were the only two questions I asked that they ask. Uh, what I noticed is when when I said no to being a citizen, they um, I didn't get any of the voter registration stuff that everybody else uh -huh. got. But I'm wondering, do, do they get? Do they assume residency because I'm saying uh, I'm yeah. from? Pennsylvania PA, which is well, part of, is can, that how they get that? I can tell you our experience real quick. I don't think Brian's with us today. Uh, Brian Howard, when he moved to Idaho, we were talking about getting a non-resident driver's license, and he needed a new license. And he said, I'll try that. And he ended up going, and they said no. And he asked the supervisor, and they rolled their eyes and said no. And he said, how do I uh, continue with my administrative appeal? How do I exhaust my administrative remedies? And they put him in touch with an attorney, and uh, they use uh, private attorneys for that in Idaho. It ended up going all the way to the Department of the Transportation, the director of the Transportation Department in Idaho, who he engaged with. And the guy would never sign anything he sent him. They tried to trick him on dates and, and how long between response and all that stuff. He never, I, he never signed one piece of paper. He always had a proxy sign it for him. And finally... Finally, we got him to admit we can't issue a state-issued driver's license to anyone that's not a resident. Okay. Okay. That came from the director of transportation of the state of Idaho. Does that have also, very reluctantly bearing on the? Oh, I'm sorry. That, no, go ahead. Bearing on what? Uh, does it does that have any bearing on the affidavit that I sent in, or is it just up to me to just rescind the driver's license? Well, you know, it's like they can't make you have something and then tell you you can't have it because of your status. Okay. Okay. So it's one of those catch twenty two deals. Um, and I, I, you know, that's the taxes and driver's license are the two real sticky wickets here. All right. Now. You got people, we got two guys that, that have gone out and they only travel with their passport card. It's the only ID they carry. Okay. All right. And both of them have been, been successful in traffic stops. One of them in two different states, Virginia and North Carolina. I, I don't know what to tell you, honestly, except that. Roger, yes. why, wouldn't you, why wouldn't you tell them that uh, because of his status, 
they can't make you have a license or well a that's permit. true this is one of the reasons why you put everybody on notice once right. you've got that filed from right. the attorney general and especially the district attorney if they get one of those tickets you say you get stopped and whatever he, the guy of the district attorney is the one that handles all that he's the one that puts cases on the docket for the judge to hear defends decides what's going to be null pros what they're not going to prosecute etc and if you put him on proper notice that's going to come through and it's going to get shelved right okay, okay. So once again, this is where that notice thing comes in real important because you're weaponizing your position. Right. Okay. I haven't. I'm the one they sent my original affidavit back. I don't know if you remember that. And I'm. Oh yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to send it back to them. So before I do any of the notices. Yeah, you could do that and just say I want to make sure this is in my administrative records. It looks like it was erroneously sent back to me, and just send it to the State Department Attention Administrative Records Department. Okay. All right. Thanks. Yeah. No problem. Um, anybody else real quick? Okay. Guess not. Uh, Jim- did anybody see, did anybody see, uh, the rerun of, um, Alex Jones show yesterday? I caught part of it. What, what particular part were you going to mention, Raj? Well, several. One was about Ivermectin and, um, he did a, a, a slug of it and on, on screen and he was talking about how everybody wanted to have him arrested have him banned oh yeah i saw him where he was baying like a like a jackass and stuff (laughs) yeah he he did that after he took the ivermectin and uh, he used the one that had a horse on the box a horse picture on the box and uh, he uh, put after he took the ivermectin, he uh, the camera faded away from him, and then when it came back, he had grown a, a donkey head. Yeah, right. Um, well, listen, and, and played Mr. Ed the whole time, too. Uh, he was also yeah. talking about Joe Rogan, and I'm going to post this Joe Rogan two-and-a-half-hour, yes. three-hour interview. It is really, If you want to know about ivermectin, anything about it, I imagine it's contained in this interview. I'll remember to put General Parton's interview up there, too. Uh, what a great – boy, you talk about a great american benton parton okay and uh so otherwise than that jim ram is next did any of you guys see where pfizer's coming out with i think it's pfizer mectin or something like that they're they're trying to come out and patent something that basically is the same thing as ivermectin except they can patent it okay um and charge a thousand or ten thousand times more for it of course um and so we'll uh, i'll put that in the benton parton thing up and you guys can look at that we're going to get a new a lot of new information from dr judy mekovitz from yesterday with john and we'll find out how we're going to proceed on uh presenting hyperfund to the audience here at what point and i'll let you know about that and uh, we'll see you tomorrow and i think we're all anxious to hear what uh, dr mikovitz mikovitz has to say she is a sharp cookie and a heck of a fighter okay so uh we'll see jim's next everybody can stay on the board here and transition over and uh, or you can leave this is going to be just replaying an interview and you can listen uh on your own source and we just got knocked off the server yep and that means jim's coming up next and i'm going to vacate who was that hey roger he's got him opening opening music okay dave what just remember what i've seen uh, your passport is an international driving permit that's what it is it is okay 
Uh, and any, if you got a driver's license, you can drive in any country of the world, too, I learned. But anyway, I'll get out of here and uh, let Jim get set up. And he's got his nice little opening music and stuff. And good board today. Hope everybody has a good day off, the rest of it. And uh, we'll be back a little more in full swing tomorrow. And thanks for your participation, those that did. And I'll see you tomorrow, okay? Okay. I guess that's okay. All right, you guys. Have a good day. Thanks, Roger. Okay, thank you, Jim. Ciao, ciao. Woof. Cody. Jeez. What do you think you can say? Of course it's right, you dummy. Let's get you hooked on it today. Wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die. Long as they get their piece of pie. Research the biggest revenue. They make all those billions lying with me and you. The same folks that brought you this toxic sewer are now gonna bring us all the cure. Somehow I just don't think so. Now the IRS gets billions from people like you and me. Then Medicare pumps it back to the drug lords, don't you see? But the FDA, they found a way to get it all back. They say, we'll legalize your drug deal, but you gotta give us lots of check. Well, wake up, you're being screwed. Pharmaceutical drug guys can be so rude. They don't care if you live or you die. Long as they get their piece of pie. My, my, my. Don't care if you live or you die, long as I get that piece of pie. Well, Jim, did you get knocked off too?
and uh, just check things out. If you have any questions, you can hit the contact me button, send an email or call and leave a message. And we'll get back with you as quick as we can. And uh, also check out the radio shows tab at the top of the page. You'll see the link to the archive page set up through castbox.fm. And if you scroll down a little further, you'll see the information about the shows we do when they're on your high, when they're on and how you listen. Jim. And at the bottom of the page is the link to the Facebook page set up for the show. And lo and behold, I'm still able to post. Hey, Jim. Almost a week now I've been out of jail and haven't been put back in yet. Lord knows I've tried. <laughs> hey, Jim. <laughs> but anyway. Jim, you, got uh, knocked, you just got knocked off the server. Imagine that. <laughs> check, check on that. So anyway, I'll All turn right, it back thanks. out. I, I want to let you know. It. Thanks, Raj. Appreciate it. Let me see here. It says stream time is uh, says it's still going, but um, yeah, something else isn't going right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, might be one of my settings here. Uh, let's try this. No, that gives us a. Nope, that's not doing it. Something is up. Oh, I'll bet you. Let's see here. Sure enough, the stupid software decided to have a mind of its own again and changed my input settings. <laughs> I hate when it does that. There we go. Now we should be on the server in just a second. It's connecting again. Stream time is up. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Roger. Well, hold, on. Appreciate it. Well, hold on. You're not coming through yet. It should be. Um, let's see here. There it is. It's on now. It's on now. Okay. I'll see you later. Thanks. I appreciate it, buddy. Yep. Let's just have everything fuck up. Goddamn shit. Fucking crap out of there. Why I 